everyone, and welcome down to episode number 87, the devil's number, if you're a cricket fan, yes. of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, and Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania, on the other screen or in your other ear. Hello, Cam. Hello, Brendan. Hello, everyone. How are we all going? Um, yes, it is 87. 13 to go after this, or is it 12 after this? 13. 13. That's right. We're going to have to do something massive for 100. I think we it's on the cards. Um, there's there's talk of it possibly coinciding with BFOP, but who knows? Who oh, knows? you are you're you're not you're not invited today. Apparently not. No, hmm. no. Apparently, and even, it, you know, I asked yeah. if I could come, but nope, yeah, you can't. And, so, e- and even and even when you uh, buy tickets and you don't come, yeah, they don't refund right. you. Bad luck. Yeah. Tough. We'll have your money, but you can't come. That's weird, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of a weird way a, to run a business, I would have thought. It's a very cold and harsh way to run a festival, <laughs> I would have thought. But hey, you know, we're not here to judge. No, um, we're not. We're not. Uh, we're we'll do that behind the to... scenes like a couple of bitches. <laughs> That's exactly right. We won't do it to their face. Um, no, no, we're too scared to do that. Uh, here we are again. We just made comment of the fact that we are recording an episode while uh, the first session of the fourth test is going on. And Cam and I don't mind a bit of cricket. So Cam's mm. being massively distracted by his huge TV above his monitor there, but that's okay. Yes. Hey, you remember we went to we went to a cricket match once? Remember that one? Uh, I do. And um, you got tickets to the 2015 Cricket World Cup for us. It was yeah. Remember that? Remember that first ball by Stark? Uh, I don't remember Brendan. the first ball, but I definitely remember the second ball that took out. Was it the second ball? Was it took oh, out McCullum's off stump? Ball. I believe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not a we're not a cricketing podcast. We're not a photography podcast. No. Uh, or a political podcast. So no, no, we're we're definitely none of the above. And there's been a lot of all of that in the news, and we're not even going to talk about it. We're here to talk photography. So, um, thank you to the 581 subs we have on our YouTube channel and milestone. We passed 10,000 downloads of our podcast. So that was that's pretty cool. That's a big number. That's a lot of people listening. Thanks to everyone who's listened. That's across all the pod, the podcast platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Pod, whatever they call their thing, uh, Podbean, all of it. Is there so, a good, I didn't even know Google did podcast, did they? Yeah. Oh. And we're on it. Now, we did change up a few things with our podcast release, didn't we? Yeah. And um, we'd be interested to get people's feedback because that's what mm. it's all about. It's a it's an interactive medium these days. Yeah. we we I did a bit of research and I was looking around. I'm like, do people actually listen to podcasts on Friday afternoons or do they go and like, I know when I was in Melbourne the other week doing the OM days, I was listening to stuff on the train on the way in, but I made sure I had all that sort of loaded up before I had on the train the night before or whatever. So we released our podcast on Monday morning, I think it was, or Tuesday morning, Monday, Monday morning, 7am morning. Monday morning, 7am Monday morning. So if you guys are listening in your car on the way to work or you're listening on the train or the bus on the way to work, Monday morning is your morning to download the episode and plug your ears in and just tune out all the rubbish that goes on in trains and cars and yeah. buses yeah. and stuff like that. So I think I think for now we'll probably stick to the format of releasing the YouTube video on the Friday night or the Friday evening. Yeah. Um, but the actual audio version of the podcast will go up on a Monday just for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, so we can see how if that reaches more ears, I guess. That's what we want. We want to be between people's ears more. Absolutely. Um, now, also, we have just, well, Cam has just put up the People's Choice 
for uh, our June photo competition, the weather competition. We had our winner, which was Barry Povey. Well done, Barry, again. Yeah, Barry. Uh, but now it's over to you guys to vote. We, we've put the top five up. Um, it's it's was a complete fluke that Cam and I both chose the same five images. Otherwise, there'd be yes. a top 10, but yeah. <laughs> there's not. So uh, there's five images there for you to go and check out on our Facebook. Facebook? Yeah, Facebook page. Yeah, on the Facebook page. Uh, it's not on the website because you can't like stuff on the website. True. But you can go onto the Down South Photo Show Facebook page and go and like your favourite top five. Um, you, you can like them all. doesn't matter. But yep. at the end of July, we're going to tally them all up. So you've got two weeks or a week at a bit. At the end of July, we're going to tally them all up and whoever has the most likes, uh, whoever has the most likes will get a $100 voucher from us as well. Now, if that's yeah. Barry... Do we give Barry another hundred bucks? No, oh, yes, oh, absolutely. All right, we do. So, uh, it, but that not, our not, choice not, was not... for was for his photo. The people's yeah. choice may not be. Maybe. So yeah. We're I don't out. want to tell people not to vote for Barry, but no, you know. we don't want to bias this in any way. We don't want to prejudice no. this in any way. Um, no, that, get that's... over, check it out. The, I'll say it again: the quality of the images that were entered into that competition was yeah. out bloody standing. It was, yeah. Actually, like I said, if you look at those top five, I would happily have any of those top five in my portfolio. Absolutely. And and probably the top 10 and top 20 that were there as well. So, True. <laughs> it just yeah. happens to be there with the five we chose. No, that's exactly It just right. means we've got a really talented group of listeners, um, which is great. Um, hey, um, last episode, episode, episode. Nice. That's a new one. Uh, last episode, we spoke about, uh, you know, we had a question out there. Um who would be willing to destroy their camera? Yes. Um, if they had to get the greatest shot of all time. Yes. And if you go back to watch episode 86, you you were like, I reckon everyone would destroy their cameras. And I'm like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. And I reckon based on the responses we've got, I think I think some people are more thrifty with their dollars than we are. They're like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna throw my camera away for a photo. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's. I think it was pushing more the fact that people would have said it. It would have to be a damn good, bloody photo. I think people have got to take it with a grain of salt. Insofar as I have an avenue where I can sell my photos quite regularly, right. and I do. Yes. Yeah. So you know, if I got that once in a lifetime shot, it's gonna way more than pay for the replacement camera. So I guess that's the yeah. angle I was coming from. But I completely understand the feedback that was given. I did. I did come off as quite the wanker. No, 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 no more than usual. <laughs> no, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was, it was an interesting discussion. Actually, I liked it. There was mm. some good. There was comments flying left, right, and center. If you would like yeah. to comment on anything that we talk about, hit up, hit us up on Facebook or hit the comments below this very YouTube video. Um, you can also leave comments on most uh, podcast channels as well. So, yeah, and knock you know yourself out. Do. We do look at them. You know, yeah, we do look at them. You know why? Because every now and then I get a comment from episode 12. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, right, exactly. and it, someone, someone's watched it and gone, I don't agree with that or I agree with that. I'm like, what the hell was that episode about? I've got to go back and have a look. And go and watch it. <laughs> go and watch it. So yeah. I, at, at some stage, we've got to put a caveat on that saying, you know, we're up to episode 400. <laughs> and, and people right. are saying, I want to discuss what you said in episode three. Yeah, yeah sorry. I think that's I think it's going to be a bit tricky. Maybe we have to turn the comments off after a year of the episode or something. Yeah, possibly. That's like, yeah, we've moved forward. Yeah. What we should do is what too. we should do is um hide <laughs> hide a comment in one of the episodes. Like the first person that finds it wins a prize or something, and then they've got to go back and scour through. 
<laughs> every hours and hours of us talking. I could I could add all kinds of because I folks I do the edit, so it's it's up it's mm. on me. It's all happens in the edit. Everyone knows that, so I can add and take things away in these little videos. So that could be fun. Yeah, you know what would be a good idea, but I don't think it would work very well. It's like a code word. You know, I've heard oh. I've heard some podcasts have a code word in there that people yeah. have to listen all the way yeah. through. Yeah, it's a stinker of an idea. I would never. Well, it's just it's it's a bit it's a bit dishonest, sort of in a way, like. Oh, if you don't listen to the entire episode, oh, please, and me. hear the gimmicks. code word, nothing but gimmicks. It is gimmicks, yeah. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> hey, uh, one other thing I've noticed: we're back a in gimmick? the charts. No, no, no. Well, we're back in the charts. That's awesome. Through some so through some miracle of Apple podcast charting, who knows? We're charting up. We're charting up pretty high again. So charting a storm. Yeah, good Ooh. good job, folks, for listening yep. and downloading and whatever else. Who knows Share, what the algorithm sharing, is? Sharing all that sort of stuff. Cam. Yeah. Yes. What's going on with your background tonight? Uh, I'm in a shed. No, you kind um, of are. <laughs> I am in a shed. Uh, so this is a shot from the Flinders Rangers workshop just a few weeks ago. Um, and I don't know, we, we, we visited this little, it's an old church or a town hall. It's actually both. It's a town hall and a church. And um, it's a beautiful little building. It's always got some great characteristic, the grass around the back. It's got an old water tank and a few things like that. Um, it's got barbed wire fences around the outside of it, further out of the frame. But I like this shot. It's really symmetrical. I like the, the light on it and the blue sky and the clouds. And it's a front-on shot, obviously. Um, it's just a cool little place. And um, just it's just the light that got me. It was just the orange and the yellow and all that working together. Uh, the guests were all around the outside shooting it. The crack in the front's really good. The the shadow in the sky uh, in the in the door I, I enjoyed as well. So. But it's a really cool spot. And all the way through South Australia, this is something I think South Australia isn't known for, but should be, is all the beautiful little ruins that are all scattered all the way up through to the outback there. They're amazing. So um, cousin Dan or five-star Dan, we have a little trivia on the way up because we're on two-way radios and two cars. And I might have told you this one in another episode. I don't know. But there's actually a reason why when you drive up through the outback, all these old dwellings have no roofs on them. Have you heard of this one? Uh, yeah. no, but I'd like to, I'd like to have a crack yeah. at it. There, um, there's a, there's a reason why all the dwellings don't have roofs on them on the way up. And a lot of outback, especially in South Australia, a lot of these outback properties have things just like this, but no roofs on them. So have a guess as to why there's no roof on them. Oh, without, without wanting to waste too many people, too much time on it. Um, <laughs> has it, has it got something to do with firewood? No, it's hmm. got a lot to do with taxes. Really? So this is this is what five star Dan came up with, and I thought he was talking a heap of poo when he said it. Um, but the reason being apparently is that at some stage, when these farms and homesteads started getting a lot bigger, and all these dwellings were on the thing, they started trying to tax the farmers or the property owners for all the dwellings they had on the properties. So to get around that, a great Australian way of doing it, as always, is that they took all the roofs off the dwellings and said, "Well, they're yeah. not dwellings because you can't live Brilliant. in them." See, that's so, the Aussie not way. Paying tax. Aussie yeah, I love way. it. If there's a way to get around the government, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, but a great little fun fact, if you're driving up the Outback Highway, I think it's called, uh, and you see all these houses without roofs on them, that is why. Um, this is an aside, and we will get to some photography talk soon, folks. Uh, the other night I watched uh, an episode of the ABC show Backroads. Do you know about this mm -hmm. series? Yeah, yes. Yes, I do. And they, they did the Streslecky track which starts at the northern end of the Flinders Ranges, I believe. Yes, uh, I believe it does. To, yep. Heads up to Inaminka. 
Yes. Mate, I, 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 I'm just like, get me out there. That yeah. just looks amazing. And there was buildings like the one behind you, all scattered all through it. Um, yeah. Old yeah. pubs, old telegraph stations. There was rusted old cars. There were, I'm just like, oh, drooling. Can I comment on your photo? And look, sure. I want to. I want to make something really clear. We we know this. A lot of people listen to this. We've had ten thousand downloads audio wise. And yes, we are fully aware that this. We're trying to talk about photos <laughs> on an audio. So picture, in, so picture in your mind a little yeah. stone hut with yeah, a blue exactly. background sky um, and yeah, and close your eyes. Do yourselves a favor, folks. It is available on YouTube. I'm sure you're all aware of that. But if you are new, um, you can see everything that we're talking about on our YouTube channel. Uh, just go to YouTube and search down, The Down South Photo Show and you will find us. Or, of course, there's a link in the description as well. But um, the comment I wanted to make about that photo is that photo works so damn well because of the blue sky you've got. How's the mm. contrast that you've got there? Yeah. Now, normally, you know, that I'm to me, it looks like that's probably maybe an hour or so before golden hour or after. I'm not sure when the, the orientation, but it's probably taken outside golden hour. But it still works so well because of that fantastic contrast you've got with the blue sky. And I'm going to hazard a guess and say that's a sandstone building, I guess. Yeah, I think they are all sandstone. Um, this, this is actually taken around about almost lunchtime. There you go. Yeah. Um, And the secret, this is something I drill home to people every time I do a workshop. Some people listen, some don't. Polarizing filter. Mm -hmm. Because without the polarizing filter, you just don't get this brilliant blue sky as prominent and and that contrast that you're talking about. You just don't get it. Um, So it's one of the easiest ways to improve your landscape photography is put a polarizer on the front front of your lens. So... Um, but there's also things we talk about like complementary colors, colors that work really well together, like blues and greens and reds and yellows and things like that. I think oranges and blue work really nicely together, which is why yeah. I think in the outback, when you've got these great colors that we have in the outback, when you get those beautiful blue sky days, they actually work pretty well. So, yeah. um, so I love yeah. the, 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 I love contrast on purpose, which is what that photo is. Um, yep. you know, a lot of people will say that such clashing colors wouldn't normally work, but I think when they, well, I mean, it's not naturally occurring because it's a building, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, particularly yeah. in outback Australia, the red earth and the blue mm. skies, if you are, Perfect. if you're going anywhere near central Australia, do not leave home without a polarizing filter. You will regret yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's a definite and I think anyway, like even a lot of people sort of say, oh, even in Tassie, you use a polarizer. You know, you go into the forest, like we've got probably the best forest almost in the world down here in Tassie. And I, I get people to stop in the forest and say, right, tell me what's reflecting light here. You know, what's reflecting the skylight? And everyone's like, oh, can't really see. I'm like, there is millions of leaves. Every single one of them is reflecting the skylight above us. So you polarize those that light and you get the true greens and yellows and reds of all those leaves versus that reflective sort of color. It makes a huge difference. So it does. You know, they're only about 50, 60 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks, depending on what quality you go. Yeah. Doesn't really matter what quality you go, just put one on your lens and and the other thing is to make sure you spin it enough so you can see the adjustment. A lot of people just hardly turn it and get the shits with it and go, I can't see it. And they throw it out. You've got to get, I give it a couple of spins just so you can sort of see where that sweet spot is. You really see the difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I I had this um, very conversation this evening. Shout out to Jeff who joined me this evening for an impromptu shoot down here on the Ballerine. Uh, Jeff's an avid listener and Jeff joined us on the Overland track. 
Um, so it was great to see you, Jeff. But we, we were talking about um, using the polarizing filters when you're when you're out shooting and the difference it really does make to your imagery. So this shot behind you that you're going to explain oh, is yes. that the one from tonight with Jeff? Yes, it was actually. Let me. And is there a polarizing filter used with that? No. And I will tell you why. <laughs> After all that. There, there is a very well. Very, you're, sh you're, sh very, you're shooting very into the sun. Big reason why there is no polarizer on that, and that's because I can't find a polarizer for my iPhone. Is that an iPhone shot? Yes, I'm afraid it is. I haven't um, had a chance what? to edit the ones out of the camera yet. That is straight out of my iPhone. And what God Jeff damn, and I were, iPhones. what Jeff and I were talking about was polarization. Just staying on your topic is very difficult to achieve in Photoshop. Very yes. difficult. In fact, I'd say impossible. Um, it's an optical effect, not an, it's it's basically an analog effect. It's yeah. not, you can't replicate it digitally. So anywho, that's the Bowen Heads Bridges. Um, awesome spot for photography. We took our uh, participants there on the uh, workshop we ran back a couple of months ago. Uh, we got served yeah. up a rather tasty sunset tonight. It wasn't the best sunset I've ever seen, but it certainly didn't disappoint. As you can see, a fair bit of color going on there. It was uh, quite enjoyable. Yeah. Those sunsets are always better, better than ones you don't see. Well, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. Yeah it, yeah, it was it was awesome to be there. I always love going to these places that I've been to a thousand times. Cam, is that out? It looks going too high to me. I think it might be a bit high, but we're not, we're not watching cricket while we're doing a podcast. And has he hit it? He hasn't hit it. No. He hasn't hit it, but it looks nah, like it's going over the top to me. It looks a bit high. But anyway, moving yeah. on. Yeah, uh, but that um, that taking someone there who's first-timer, I love yeah. it because it it gives you, it breathes new life into it. You see, literally through, see it through someone else's eyes, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I really, um, I really enjoyed tonight. It was great. Uh, one, to catch up with Jeff, but also to yep. to go to another, to that location with fresh eyes. It was brilliant. Yeah. One other thing with the polarizing that you need to be aware of for folks that might be listening, that is out, yes, um, <laughs> is that polarizing, polarizers work best if you have the sun 90 degrees to where you're shooting. So that's yes. side lighting. If you're shooting into the sun or away from the sun, you're not going to see that polarizer effect much. And mm -hmm. that's a bit of a mistake people make when they put them on. And that's where they get a little bit narky with the idea of these polarizers because they shoot into the sun or away from the sun and, and can't see the effects of it. Yeah. Um, but essential. But yeah, um, beautiful spot down there. Uh, except when the tide comes in and you get washed away. I actually showed Jeff how high the tide was when we were there. And he was yeah. like, what like because yeah. when we were there tonight it was low tide it was way right so. yeah okay um, yeah, very good should we talk some photography essential kind of stuff yeah i have no idea what we're talking about tonight you gave me a list of a thousand different topics got a I couple said, of topics just... tonight um Let's i want to kick it. off with one that i get asked regularly um well probably the the outside of actual cameras the question i get asked a lot is what editing software should i use or do you use and we've banged on many, many times about the Adobe products. Um, they don't sponsor the show. Why would they? They're huge. No. They're, they, you know, when when you when your product becomes part of the vernacular. So, mm -hmm. like for example, in in the UK, they don't vacuum the floor; they Hoover the floor. Yes. Yeah. Right. We don't um, we don't hang the washing out on the clothesline. It's on the heels hoist. Heels hoist, or 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 you know, um, you use a biro. Biro mm. is a brand name. It's yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also in the UK, you drive a transit van, not a van, a transit van. <laughs> Brand names. Hello, anyway, shout, shout out to all our UK listeners right. out there. That's right. Oh, hey, yeah. there's plenty of them. And um, 
in in photography it's photoshop um yep. you know oh you've photoshopped that now they might not yeah, even yeah. used photoshop they probably use some but photoshop is the blanket term for editing these days yeah that's so, true yep um yep. so an adobe photoshop is uh what i use a lot and i know you're you're more of a lightroom user um yep. but look essentially they're, they're really not that different are they um well you can, no i don't that that discussion comes up a bit about yeah. Photoshop versus Lightroom, and and you're right, they're they're one of the same thing, really. They are. Um, they are. At at their heart, the, the reason... is Adobe Camera Raw, really, which is what yeah. we. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and the really they're one of the same thing because at the end, you get a photo that's edited. Correct. Well, I I can't I couldn't look at your photo or my photo or any other photo and go, yeah, that's on Photoshop. Actually, that's on Lightroom, yeah. or Capture One or dark table or whatever the other one's called and that's right yeah so yeah that's um nick nick effects nick effect all those nik collections anyway so the what i said right what do you use to edit right on photoshop okay you must have a fairly powerful pc and what i wanted to talk a bit tonight about is how powerful a pc do you need to edit your photos um Mm. It's, it's not a topic that we talk about a lot. And to be honest, it's not my strong suit and probably not yours either, but it's something we get asked. Good topic so, then. <laughs> yeah. So next topic. Are we ringing a friend or is it dial a friend? Or no, no. Look, essentially, yeah. essentially, my understanding, uh, and I've been doing it for a long time, I've been using Photoshop for a long, long time, is it's all to do with the amount of RAM that you've got on your computer. Um, as in as in a sheep yeah that's right random access memory and what you need is a minimum in my opinion and the industry's opinion of 16 gigabytes of ram so if you're out there and you're using photoshop and you're getting frustrated because it keeps crashing or because you can't edit or you do one change and it takes three minutes to make that change folks your ram needs to be improved what's happened over time or or you've got so much porn on your computer that you need to really <laughs> that's, delete that's right. some files. You probably need to clear that hard drive. Um, and <laughs> the, the issue that happens is, Cam, you'll go out and you'll buy this awesome new camera. You know, it might be full frame. It might be a 50 megapixel. Mm. Whoa, you beaut latest and greatest. But you don't upgrade your PC or your laptop. And here yep. you are trying to edit file sizes that are 10 times yep. bigger than you previously had on the same old system. That's and right. it gets really frustrating when you're trying to edit these photos and your and your system can't keep up. Um, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So so uh, basically, just get more RAM. Get more RAM. Um, so there's a couple of things I can add to that. So you're right. Yeah, definitely. Random access memory is one of the big, and it's not hard to update your RAM. Well, most computers is not anyway. Generally, you can almost do it yourself if you if you're savvy enough. Yep. Um, most computers, a lot of people make the mistake they go to you know, Harvey Norman, our friends at Harvey Norman and, and say, look, I need a computer for lap, laptop for editing photos. The person that works there has no idea what they're talking about and they give you the cheapest whatever it is and you've got bugger or RAM and, and slow yeah, processes. They, they and give stuff. you the one that gives them a, gets them a trip to Fiji. We know this. That's the one. That, yeah. As we speak, there's an ad for Harvey Norman on the TV here. <laughs> there <you laughs> and there you go. There's a, there's a laptop for sale. There we go. Yeah. Eight gig of RAM. Not Straight big away. enough. Sorry, don't buy but it. Not good it's, enough. It's, it's, only, it's 300 it's affording fifteen hundred dollars. So that's what they're doing. They're advertising these things. At the most, they've got sixteen gig of RAM on board. My yeah. Mac that I'm recording on here has sixty four gigabytes of RAM. So I've updated Fantastic. mine. Fantastic. 
upgraded mine. But another thing that helps is also your processor speed of the computer. Yes. Um, and also, especially if you're using Lightroom, this is one thing I probably don't like about Lightroom as opposed to Photoshop is Lightroom is a, a complete suite, a, a complete catalog of your images. So you're putting all your images into this program to hold and that takes up room. So the more the more you put into that program, the more images that are in your catalogs, the more information that Lightroom has to hang on to. So what I do is, and that, that, that chews up hard drives and fills up hard drives on the computer where as opposed to Photoshop, you can have all your photos on an external hard drive and just edit them one at a time from there. So there's a bit of a difference there. Um, but what I've found out over the years is that I have all my images and my raw images not on my, my big Mac. I have them on an external hard drive attached to this Mac, just so it helps the computer not have to chew up so much hard drive space. Yep. Um, and then combined with the RAM and a good processing speed, then you know it still freezes every now and then. If you're doing lots and lots of work, or, you know, when I had that GFX 50, uh, GFX 100 Fuji, like they're 120 meg files each it's file. Crazy. So if you if you go out and do a thousand shots on a trip, you know, you come back to edit that, that's going to take a long time to edit because they're big yeah. files. But you're right, uh, RAM power, good fast processing power, uh, and try and keep your hard drive as clear as possible, uh, especially if you're using Lightroom. But there's there's options around that as well, but they're, that's they're probably a deeper topic. Yeah. And I'll tell you that uh, I think it was about 2018, 2019, the thing that really made a big difference when I was editing photos was I bought a PC that uh, had uh, SSD, which is a solid state drive. So rather than having a spinning hard drive, it actually had an SSD. Now, an SSD, in layman's terms, really, it's it's a gigantic memory card that goes inside your camera, so there's no, inside your computer. There's no moving parts. It doesn't spin up the hard drive. It literally has memory. So it's like, a, as I say, it's a big memory card that can yeah. be accessed very, very quickly. So uh, when I switched to SSD, um, everything improved a lot for me um, when I was okay. yeah, when I was getting photos. What I try and do is exactly what you said, external hard drive for when to offload um, images. So if I've built up quite a catalog over a year, so yeah. I find, it's funny. I find spring is a good time to do it for some reason. I think of spring cleaning. I clean up the PC as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Offload stuff onto a hard drive or the cloud, uh, wherever you want to access it from. Yeah. And uh, away you go. But yeah, switching to an SSD was it was a big change, and I've never looked back. And every PC I've built since has got a yeah. decent old SSD in it. I think I think that's the one mistake people make when they're looking to maybe upgrade a computer or get a system that's going to do their editing is they look at hard drive space, mm-hmm. and like you said, they don't necessarily look at RAM or or processing speed. And I don't know. I think I was guilty of it for a while as well. I'm like, oh, I need more hard drive space because that's why it's slowing it down because I've got so many photos on this hard drive and it's just taking forever. But random access memory is pretty much allowing your computer to to think quicker. By, it's able to juggle more balls at once instead of having to think about it or concentrate too much. It can pick information up left, right, and center. So um, depending on what you're using, most if you've got a desktop computer, whether or not it's a Mac or a PC, you can upgrade RAM quite easily. Um, my understanding is most uh, most computers have at least two RAM slots that you can put uh, RAM new RAM in there, but they have to be the same RAM size. Correct. So you can't put in a 16 gig and a 32 gig together. They've got to be either two 16s or two 32s. Um, so you can do it. Laptops are a bit different. Laptops are generally a little bit less room to play with, but you can still do it. With. So 
Yeah, yeah it's worth having a, having a look well, or having a talk to you. What really surprised me is because I'm actually in the market for a new laptop at the moment um, just to be a bit more mobile with my editing. And of course, you know, 16 gig of RAM was the was the bare bones starter. I just that's all I'm yeah. looking at at the moment. Like, righto, which laptops got that? Big companies, Dell, ASUS, uh, Sony, all these guys are making laptops with 16 gig of RAM for yeah. a grand, um, yeah. you know, or less. It's yeah, the, yeah, it's amazing how the prices have come down so much on this kind of hardware now, um, yeah. and. I don't know, uh, you know, one laptop from the other, and I'm really am basing it around price. But if I see, if I happen to find a 32 gig RAM laptop for 1,200 bucks, and I recognise the brand name, I'll probably buy yeah. it. Yeah, it'll probably. And you're be you're you're definitely a PC user. I'm a PC user. Or, yes, or Windows. And I I use all my stuff with Mac. Yep. Um, so I've got my MacBook Pro as well, which I take out in the road with me, and that's got, I think that's got maybe 32 gig of RAM in it. Um, which is great. Again, I I keep all my images on an external hard drive when I go away. I almost have like a travel hard drive that I take um, and then I can just dump photos on there and and do my little bit of editing as I want. But yeah, there's definitely options out there. Just just do a little bit of research on the RAM people and and what's available. Like it was just uncanny that the Harvey Normanade came on and it was eight gig of RAM Um, because it looks good and the price looks good. But if the RAM's quite low, uh, like Brendan said, 16 gig of RAM is at least a minimum. Yeah. And in regards to processing speeds, like I'm not too sure about, like we're into the 3.5 gigahertz or whatever they are. So if it's only like a 2 gigahertz or 1.8 gigahertz um, laptop or something like that, it's going to be pretty slow as well. So, yeah. yeah. No, um, I mean, the recommendations are normally around the 3.5 gigahertz processor um, yeah. if you can get one. But the thing... Um, you got to remember as well, it's not just so, for example, what is happening right now on my screen in front of me, I've got Photoshop open over here. I've got yep. a web browser open over here. I've got a cricket happening down here. I've got a Zoom call happening with my good friend, Cam Blake. It's yep. all happening at once. Can you imagine the amount of processing power that's going on here yep. to handle this? So that's why, you know, I need that kind of RAM. Um, but yeah, yep. 16 yep. starting point. Yeah, um, and it just depends as well. Like you can go crazy if you're one of these people that likes to buy, yeah, you know, whatever you can get your hands on. You you can go out and get amazing computers that do all the editing and do it easily without sort of stopping. But but you know you got to think about how much money you're going to spend on a computer. But yeah, if like you said, if you've got heaps of stuff open and you're trying to run emails and watch TV and you know do other stuff in it at the same time, then your computer asking a lot of your computer. So. Um, some people even get dedicated, just dedicated editing computers only, and they do all their editing purely on that, and that then they have the rest of their stuff on another computer. Yeah, horses for courses, but yeah, like I would, I would suggest go speak to your local computer shop about, you know, I want to do editing, I want to use Lightroom or Photoshop. This is the size of the files I'll be editing most times, and they'll be able to sort of sort you out somehow. Absolutely, which sort of segues or dovetails nicely into the secondary topic that I wanted to bring up tonight. And that is revisiting your old photos. Now, I'm guilty as charged of this. I'll go out on a shoot like I did tonight, for example. Uh, I might take, let's say, 100 frames um, in RAW and JPEG. Uh, I'll come back. I'll load them up on a PC. I'll pick the eyes out of it and go, that's good, that's good. That was what I was hoping for. Let's say, for example, I pluck out 10 photos, shove them across into the keepers folder, and the rest just gets consigned to history. 
yeah. they're still there, but yeah. they just get shoved aside. And I get all excited about the the good, the bangers that we keep talking about. Yeah. And then just completely forget about these other photos. Now, quite recently, I uh, found a series of photos that I shot at Point Lonsdale in 2016, Cameron. Nice. And I went through them and I went, oh my God, that's a great photo. Why didn't I do anything with that? Oh, there's another one. <laughs> what yeah, the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so easy to do, to get carried away with the perceived, like the, the instant rush of seeing the great photo. And that's cool. But people go back through your old, your back catalogue. And that's why it's mm. so important, in my opinion, to shoot RAW and JPEG at the same time. And to have that raw file sitting there so that you can come back to it. Would you agree, Ken? Yeah, yeah I, I, I do the same. Um, and I, I've changed my method a bit over the years. I've changed my method from doing exactly what you did. Take, you know, go out and take 50 shots of the hut behind me, pick two or three that I like, put the rest on a hard drive, edit these ones. And then, you know, it always happens. Someone says, oh, do you have a picture of that little church on the way up to the Flinders Ranges? Yeah, I've got some somewhere. I think I went there and whatever, whatever. And I go back and look at the file. And then I go through and like, oh, holy shit! There's a whole heap of really good ones in here. Yeah, that I did that I didn't miss. But what I did because I found myself taking a lot of shots, and I don't like I said, I only picking a couple of dozen from that trip to work on. The rest just get left and stored away somewhere else. What I'm trying to do now is actually take less photos when I'm out there, and make sure that the photos I get while I'm out there are going to be really good ones as much as I can, or as as, as often as I can. Because it does two things. One, it stops you having huge amounts of hard drives taken up with images that you're never looking at. It makes you a better shooter, I think, because you're concentrating more in the field. But it also makes it easier to go through those old photos and say, right, well, I only took 50 from that that weekend away. Yeah, so it's easier to look through and sort them out. But, yeah, I've done it a few times. And and probably the best uh, example of that is the Overland track. So yeah. every time I, before I go on the Overland track, I'm like, oh, we're going. And I remember I went, I went in September last time back in 2000 and whatever, and I go back and have a look at some of those photos. And there's always bangers in there. It's like, why did I not look at that? Like, yeah. So maybe maybe your, your eye changes over the years. You know, We might get better at what we're doing. But yeah, definitely go back and have a look at some of the old shots you've done. Yeah. And you, you might find an absolute gem in there. And you will. And the point of this is... As you progress your photographic knowledge, one thing that comes naturally with that is your editing skills or are your editing skills. Being able to edit images in a manner that you like, in a way that becomes almost like your signature or part of the process now is editing the photos. If you've got these older photos from back when you were a beginner or, you know, just learning the ropes, you might have a couple of great photos there but you had no idea how to clean them up or how to edit them properly. Mm. Now you do. So yeah. it's making yourself a little um, uh, like a little time capsule, you know, where you can, mm. you can go back and you can ap- apply your current day knowledge to older shots. The other amazing thing that's happened in the last definitely couple of years is um, Im- uh, programs like Topaz with their sharpening. Uh, Photoshop now has a, sh- a very, very good sharpening tool built into it as well. So back in 2009, when you got your first digital SLR and it was an 8 megapixel Olympus E300 or a Mm -hmm. 8 megapixel Canon D, uh, D? no, 300D, um, you know, and the resolution might not have been great, 
well, now you can grab that photo, you can chuck it yeah. through sharpening, uh, denoise, um, Giga, you know, gigapixel. Gigapixel, that's the one yeah. I was looking for. Um, absolutely breathe brand new life into these older images. It's a great rainy day project. You yeah, know, when, true. although last week we said you got to go out and take photos in the rain, you know what I mean? When you've got a bit of downtime. When, when, you, when, you, when your camera's broken because you got that shot that you didn't want to miss. That's right. And you lost yeah. it. You yeah, lost it. Now you can't take photos waiting. anymore. So you're relying yeah. on your back catalog. <laughs> get to back get and look through. Through. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, question for you. Speaking of well, going I, I love your looking... questions without notice. It's great. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Speaking of your question, speaking of your images going back and looking through stuff that old images and using old photos with new technology, your yes. little beautiful shot of the kangaroo hopping across the lake. Mm-hmm. You could probably do something completely different with that photo now, editing wise. Yeah. Like you could, you could, yeah, you know, sharpen it up. You could probably increase color. You could, because that was a film shot, you know. Now yeah. you could probably go back and and fix it, because that's one of your most popular, if not the most popular shot you've done. Yeah. Would you go back and change it? Would you go back with the new technology and change it to maybe oh, make it look better? Um, I don't know. You can't improve perfection. Yeah. I'll set them up. You knock them down. It is the closest I've come to a perfect photo. And I, and yes, wanker alert. Yeah, exactly. I, I still, I look at that photo on the regular and just go, I'm so lucky to have that shot. Yeah. Um, And no, the answer is I don't, I don't think, Look, aside from there's actually a few little blemishes on it from the from the processing on on it, yeah. but only I know where they are, and I know because I enlarge that photo up and you know look at it, yeah. and it's a bit noisy. Uh, it was shot on 400 ISO film, so it's a little bit grainy. Yeah. Other than that, maybe a bit of that. Would, but... Could would you would you go back with the file and just clean it up so it prints better? Maybe if you haven't already. Maybe um, I haven't touched that file since probably 2008. Yeah. Um, I just keep replicating it and no one seems to complain. So I don't think I'd be bothered to, to change that particular image. Yeah. The, the reason I ask that, because I've got my shot, that Aurora shot down the tessellated pavement. Of course. And everyone says to me, oh, you've over-processed the shit out of that. Like for people that don't understand what it is, like that is almost out of camera. It's just a little bit yeah. of contrast. That's it. Like the raw file looks almost the same as that file. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's always got me thinking now, like that was 2015, I think it was, or 16, yeah. that I could go back, I could probably clean it up with noise. It's a little bit noisy because it's on a smaller sensor back then and 16 yeah. megapixels. I could probably do a bit of mucking around with that so it prints better and looks better. But I, I again, I'm the same as you, I haven't. But I'm tempted now to go back through some of these shots that I'm really proud of and and go back and play with the new technology and maybe do certain things. And I've even done it once or twice on some photos, I've actually gone back to the raw file and just as a, like I said, a rainy day project, just go on and re-edited it based on what I'm feeling these days about photography. And funnily enough, they come up relatively similar. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's a style. Sense. That makes sense yeah. to me. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting though, wouldn't it? To, yeah. you know, get a photo, only look at the raw file. Don't compare it to your new, your, your, the edit at the time. Re-edit yeah. it now and compare the pair. You know, you know, we know what we should do. We should do between the two of us. You send me a raw shot of a photo of yours. Ah, this is a good idea. And I send you a raw shot of a photo of mine. Yep. And you You're edit, on. you edit, and I edit, and then we'll bring it maybe next weekend, next week, next episode. We'll You're bring on. it back 
we'll bring it back and say, all right, this is how I, this is it. But I don't, I don't want to see how you've edited it before. No, I, no, wanna, I, I will wanna, literally yeah. just send you the raw file. Send That's me the raw it. file of a photo getting. that I, of a photo that I don't know. Okay. Yep. I and I'll send, I'll send, I'll send you one of mine that you probably don't know that I've okay. still edited. Yeah. And then we'll compare the pair. I think that'd That's, be pretty fun. That will be interesting. And, and, yeah, because especially, for, are... especially for a non-visual podcast. It's going to be awesome. Well, it's funny, you know, I know photographers who don't edit their own stuff. They yes. send the raw files to companies offshore yes. yep. to edit for them. Now, competitions with those edits. It's that too. Um, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because to me, Hey, I'll Does just that stop undo... time out for a second. Yes. Does that not just let's just listen to the entire audience go, what the actual F are you talking about? People take photos, send them away for someone else to edit them, bring them back and enter competitions and have one. Yeah. Like just let that sink in for a sec, folks. Yeah, that's right. Because it's, it's not it's not good, is it? Um no, it's not good. Sorry. Uh it's okay. Best I just dropped another catch. That's okay. He, just, he, he anyway. has genuinely just completely fluffed his lines again. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, now, I, I would probably I, I put myself in some photographer shoes, particularly wedding photographer shoes. Yeah. Mate, when you're faced with two thousand images to edit, yeah. maybe I can understand. Particularly if the edits are rudimentary, like that's just a bit yeah. of cleanup, as you say, contrast, maybe a bit of. Whatever you know, maybe they're tidy. Maybe they're taking you know a bin out of a background or something or a power yeah. line. I get that, but yeah, to to send a photo off to have it edited, yeah. the composition in theory shouldn't change, but the no. lighting, the shadows, the all that sort of stuff, which should be yeah. purely in the control of the photographer. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 that's uh, I, it's that's not cool, is it? I have I have a story which may or may not get be in trouble but i'll put it out there anyway oh, so well, you know i am in charge of the edit i'll say it again okay there's, there's no names going to be mentioned there won't be any legal issues but there was a photographer i know and, and still know of um who won a fairly big competition a few years back um of an image they did and the image itself it looks amazing like when you see it in print it looks it's a brilliant photo so as we were talking about it, you know, just chewing the fat, crossing paths. Oh, well done. You won that thing. Oh, and the, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I think we must have been at a function where they were discussing this. And all of a sudden this person started saying, oh, yeah, well, such and such helped me with that bit of the edit. And then such and such helped me do this. And such and, like they had about three or four different people help them with this image. And then the kicker for it, there was, there was a certain element of this photo that just made the photo. Right. Like that one of, one of those moments where you go, my God, how did you get that there? At that time, that's amazing. Well, that bit that made the photo was also added in by one of the editors because the edit one of the Ooh. editors went, one of the editors went, oh, you know what, this is really missing. It needs something like this or that. And this person was telling me this, and they had all the pride in the world that they won this award. And it was within the rules at the time, as long as you dis disclose that someone else has edited your photo, like some of the bigger awards that you you can say, yes, I took the photo, but it was actually edited by X, Y, or Z. And this person was sitting there as proud as punch that they won this competition and a bit of money with it, I assume, as well. And I, I just couldn't get my head around. I'm like, you're sitting here telling me that you've just done such a great job with this, but all you've done is press the button. Someone else has put the vision to it. Yes, the composition is great, but they've also added something else into that composition to make it look nicer. 
and you're sitting here with you know with you know broad shoulders saying that you've done a really good job it sort of it turned me right off this person to be honest because it just made me think that well this this is not a photographer this is someone who is just driven to win awards or win money or get their name out there and i think that's again i've said it a thousand times on this show that's totally against my grain but yeah the fact that you know you can go and edit stuff and have someone else do it for you yeah I agree with you. Like the wedding industry and things like that. Yeah, if you got two thousand shots from a wedding, real estate, I get and it. Real estate, yeah. and a lot of people do that. Real estate's a very popular one where people send yeah. away. But yeah. when it's your personal imagery that you're the artist putting this bit of art out, and only ten percent of it's been done by you, yeah. No, sorry, I lose no. all respect. I'm with you. Um, yeah. Anyway, get me we've trouble. got right off topic, but that's what we do on the Down South Photo yeah. Show. Uh, DSPS.com.au, folks. Uh, hit the website. You got all the stuff on. You can order a hoodie, Cameron. Yeah, you could. On DSPS.com.au. Hang on, he's, he's, I didn't, I, he's I didn't gone off camera. For oh, there he is. He's back. Wow. Got, is that my grey hoodie? Now yours is in the mail already. Aren't they great? They smell new. Big fan. Yeah, of that's them. a grey one. Big fan of our merch. And we have black as well. We do. All right. Superb. Um, well, I'm looking forward to getting my grey hood. I'm going to wear it on the show next week. I think you should. Wear it with pride. Speaking of new, um, Brendan's got a new lens. You, speaking, you, as in you. Speaking in third, in yeah. what do they call it? Speak, third person. <laughs> speaking in the, yeah. I've got a new lens. So um, cool. just swinging into a little bit of gear talk quickly. Um, Is it today, a latest one? Today. I acquired an Olympus 60 millimeter macro lens. Oh, I thought you were going to say 150 to 400. Uh, no. Um, the 60 mil macro, bizarrely enough, is a lens I've had my eye on for ages. Just haven't pulled my finger out and actually gone and bought the thing. It's not an expensive lens. No. Um, but Jeff, the reason Jeff was down on the ballerine today was he was delivering me my lens because uh, he, he personally bought, delivered. Personally delivered. He bought an OM, uh, new OM1. And yes. Olympus were throwing in a free lens. And so he chose nice. a 60 mil macro that he already yeah. owned, knowing that it would be probably the most easy one to move on. And he was right. Because as soon as he put it up on eBay, on uh, Facebook, I said, I'll have that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> right. And he'll deliver it for you. Uh, yeah, uh, no, the 60 yeah. mil macro is a great little lens. It's tiny, isn't it? And light. Um, and uh, does I what? One to one macro. It's great. Yeah, I can see it opening up a lot of new avenues for photography for me. Um, mm. I've wanted to do macro for years. like, And I've had macro lenses before. I always sort of go away from it and end up just shooting more landscape, which is fine. But macro to me is the gap that I need in the downtime when I'm out shooting landscape. When yeah. I'm waiting for light to happen, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm an hour, two hours too early for the light. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm killing time, I want to still be taking photos and grabbing a macro and shooting, you know, for example, the the blades of grass that you can see around that building behind yeah. you, or, yeah. you know, close ups of some of these pylons here with mollusks on them and stuff like that, or shells on the beach, or literally grains of sand that this macro lens can handle. Um, really excited for it. Um, I, I did a couple of quick test shots in the backyard, as you do when you get new, new gear. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool yeah. stuff. It is a good lens, that one. And I take that, I've taken it down the Overland track a thousand times, I reckon, because not only is it a great macro lens, but it's you know, a telephoto, really. It's a 120 mil macro or telephoto Correct. lens. 
which uh, works really well. And it's two point eight. Two point eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great little thing. So yeah, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm I'm really glad. Um, we were. I, I did say that we might end up at some point doing a what's in the bag. Uh, it'd be interesting. You know, what 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 do we carry around with us regularly? We won't do it tonight, yeah. but at some point we'll we'll do that. Yeah. Because my my little kit is growing really well i'm very very happy with with my kit again i wasn't for ages it was just a frankenstein kind of kit with nick on this and pentax that and canon this and, and sony oh you've just seen the light you've gone olympus and... well you know and and the, the the catalyst for that was doing the overland and wanting to have smaller and lightweight gear so i went yeah. with the om5 and then yeah. all of a sudden you get kind of bombarded with all the Olympus chatter about this lens and that lens. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I think I've been roped back in well and truly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good system as most systems are. So yeah. um, I don't have any new gear, um, but I know someone who does, and I think she does listen. Her name's Rhonda. I won't tell you where she's from or where she lives in case she gets uh, bombarded with people at her front door, but she Hello, just picked, she just picked up her new 150 to 400 Olympus lens. It's taken a while. Uh, it's taken a few months, but um, she has received it and she's one happy little camper. Mm. Well, um, gee, I wish I could use a, uh, what is it? 150 to 400 lens. It's a 150. That's the big white Olympus lens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I may or may not have one on order myself. I've heard. Um, but... <laughs> I've got to speak to market digi direct about it because I was expecting it to take another six months and I was just going to pay it off over a bit of time. And he yeah. sent me a message. He goes, Oh, you'll be here in a couple of weeks. I'm like, Uh-oh. shit. Okay. Uh, how many kidneys do I have? One, two. Yeah. So that's right. I might get, you, you, I might you can get go without meals for a little while child. Can't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah. The kids don't need education, but um, uh, I've got now, I've got a couple of customers who have that lens and yeah. I've had a play around with it at Flinders Rangers the other week. And I put all the, bird tracking AI stuff on and boy, it's a good, that's a good lens. Yeah. I guess really the only thing left to say is uh, if I wanted to use a lens like that would be help me Rhonda, help, help me Rhonda. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. Thank you. That's almost, that's almost as much bad humor as another podcast I used to listen to. Beer donations. Thanks to Mel H for giving us a beer. Head to dsps.com.au. Buy us a beer if you want to, if you want to, no pressure. I think it was Mel. I'll just double check that it wasn't Jenny C because <laughs> Jenny C usually buys us a beer as well. Yeah, but that's fine, Jenny. If you didn't, but we're not. If she upset. didn't, what? Yeah, um, no. I'm, I'm enjoying a beer as we speak. So thank you to the beer donations for this week. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, as we speak, the the votes are coming in thick and fast on these already. Photos, Brendan, this is what I like yes. to hear. This is good. We have so a, a little bit of homework for our leader. listeners. A little bit of homework for our listeners. One, jump on the Facebook page and vote for your favorite photo of our top five. Uh, that's one. Two, give us a bit of feedback about the timing of the releasing of the podcast. Um, if you like the new format where we're releasing the YouTube video on the Friday night and then the actual audio podcast on the Monday morning for your commute to work. Um, was there any other feedback we were after this week, Cam? I think that's about all we can handle feedback-wise. We Isn't it a ridiculous time of year for sport on tv it is a bit stupid uh it's we've a, got the it's ashes about which... to get even more crazy well you know what i'm really excited about is the soccer world cup for the women's soccer world cup starts tomorrow correct uh my uh, daughter I, I, I know your daughter's a big fan yeah she's plays a bit of soccer and she's got thank you to my mate scott who does 
a lot of the printing for a lot of soccer clubs around Australia. He gave me a personalized Aussie Matilda's shirt for her with the name on the back. So tomorrow night, which is Thursday night at eight o'clock, it all kicks off in Sydney. 82,000 people. That's incredibly Incredible. good. That is good. So, uh, yes. so we've got that kicks off at eight o'clock. What's that? Thursday night. Thursday the, night. The fourth okay. test kicks off at eight o'clock tomorrow night. Yes. Cam Smith tees Football. off in the open at seven o'clock tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need more than week. one screen, I'll tell you. <laughs> and the footy and then, of course, is on all this your week footy as well. and everything. So, yeah. We are, are a sporting. We're going to talk about Melbourne's awesome win over Brisbane. No, we won't talk about that. Let's move on and close this show down. Uh, there is no footy on until Friday, which is good. Yes, it is. Uh, Cam, what do you got coming up? Uh, what have I got coming up? Uh, I got another few days until I do my OM day down at Port Arthur. That's exciting. In Tassie. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, I might actually have uh, a very exciting little announcement for those who, um, yeah, this this has only come about today. For those who want to ever want to go to the Tarkine, which is in the Northwest Tassie corner, it is a stunning, stunning location for photography. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Pick you, pick you. Um, at the moment, I, I've got a tour penciled in for later next month, but it's been very quiet for some reason, which is fine. Um, but what has happened today, the Tasmanian government has released um, specialised tourism grants for the west coast of Tasmania. Because if you've ever been to Strawn or Queenstown, there's that, that railway, it runs through the bush and the, the wilderness. Well, they actually closed down for winter. They said, no, we're not, we're not running out of winter. And that's a very big draw card on the west coast of Tasmania. But because that's shut down for winter... There's not a many, not as many tourists getting off the boat and turning right going that way. So they've got an initiative out there saying that if you, we can apply for these grants, so to speak, and what they'll do is we are allowed to offer our customers a discount on a tourism, something at tourism in that period of time, and they'll match the discount for us. They'll give us the discount back. So for example, if wow. I have a Tarkine workshop, I can take 50% off it. You win, everyone else wins, they get 50% off, but I still get my full price based on what I'd normally charge. So what a fantastic incentive. It's unbelievable. And I've just applied today and I think, I think fingers crossed, I might be successful. Right. Well, we'll um, announce that next week if you are. Yeah. And I, if and I'm I sure am. as you will through your channels as well. Absolutely. So keep an eye for that. If you've ever wanted to go to the Tarkine, uh, it'll be around about the 26th to the 30th of August. So it's only a month and a bit away. Um, and we'll probably only have about five spots for that. But keep in mind, if you are keen to do that, this could be a way to do it with a heavy, heavy discount. So I will announce it as soon as I hear more. How um, exciting. That is cool. How, how exciting. And in a couple of weeks, I'm doing the Three Capes walk uh, down on the Tasman Peninsula. I've decided yeah, well, to go for can, a hike. You can just be quiet now. Just hmm, Maybe I'll up. do a mini video from there. Okay. What are you <laughs> going to do, Brendan? What's what's up to you? What's up with you? What's up with me? Uh I've said, I say this weekly, I feel. I've got the best customers in the world. Um, Ocean Grove Camera and Photo, busy. And I, busy. and I say every time, that's not what you tell me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Busy, busy, busy. Um, scanning, my goodness. Scanning has taken off. We're scanning lots of slides, lots of old photos, archiving them for people, uh, which I love doing because I love. I tell you what, I'm currently in the middle of scanning 1,000 slides. And I know about this, yes. So far, every single one of them is a photo that's taken in Tasmania in the 60s and 70s. Oh, man, I need to see those. They are mint. I'm going to actually oh, ask him if I can share some of these images with you because they're not mine, obviously. Um, course, yes. There's some crackers, absolute crackers from, yeah, way back when. So 
Um, very exciting, and he's he's a lovely man. So I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll only too happily can, share a few. Can with I you. ask a question? And I, I don't mean this question without notice. Across, yeah, I don't mean this to come across as rude or disrespectful. So but I've will, been in so your shop a few. <laughs> yeah, I've been in your shop a few times. Yes, and there and there's a bit of an overwhelming demographic of people that come into your shop. Yes, uh, I would say they're more, they're sort of north of forty. So we say of age. Yes, yes. Um, would you suggest that maybe a lot of the scanning of negatives you're doing is because you do have a, an elderly region or a bit of an older demographic in that region who are starting to preserve some memories or do something? Oh, I think, like I, think what, it's, what... I think it's across the board. So I've spoken with right. uh, friends of mine that own similar operations yeah. uh, and everyone. And, and I think it might have been triggered by COVID, to be honest. I think people, oh, yeah. you know, in lockdowns and stuff went just went, okay, I'm at home, I'm going to clean up. Yeah. And they went and found... Yeah literally boxes of slides and boxes of prints and stuff. And over time they're feeding them into us. Um, yeah, it's cool. Um, it's cool for a few reasons. One, the archiving, but two, the way that we can clean up images now, like we were just talking about mm. and breathe new life yeah. into these old photos. Mate, I've had tears in my shop. People have seen photos of parents and grandparents that they haven't yeah. seen yeah, at the price. No, yeah. that, <laughs> no uh, you know, yeah. seen photos of parents and grandparents they haven't seen for years since they yeah. passed away. Yeah. And yeah. it's quite emotional when, when we can clean up an image and bring it back to the day it was taken. Um, it's cool. I, I really get a kick out of it, making old people cry. Yeah, and I've I've been there when you've said some really nasty things to people. <laughs> no, but like that that I think that in itself, and this is a, I think this is going to be a wonderful way to finish off the show, is that exactly what you said there to me is the hundred percent reason why we all should take photographs is because at some stage we're going to look back at these memories. You know, maybe we get old, maybe we get sick, maybe we can't move around or travel as much. Who knows? Maybe the world goes to shit and we can't go anywhere. These memories that we create are not are not for just us now to go and have a look at them and, and feel really good about ourselves taking nice photos. They, they they're for you know your kids, your grandkids, and so forth. Like the shots you're scanning from Tasmania in the '60s, like that'll be amazing to see because I wasn't there. When, that's a it's a capsule in time. I've never seen it before. So yeah, you know that's that should be a driver for everyone taking photos, landscape photography, whatever it is. Is that yes, it's great to live the moment, take the shots, but you're also taking photos for your generations yeah, to come afterwards. So yeah, that's awesome. Very well put. Kent. Couldn't have put it better myself. That is it. That's the podcast. We will see you guys. Thanks for tuning into episode 87 of the Down South Photo Show. We will see you for episode 88 next week. Bye. Cheerio. I like it.